Welcome to the Knicks Take Podcast. I am your host, Ja So Focused. And I'm French, the bro host. (laughs) We're a weekly podcast where we talk about the most intriguing Knicks news of the week. If you want to find us on our socials, first you got to check us out on Twitter at the Knicks Take. Then maybe try Instagram at the Knicks Take. Or how about Facebook? You can also try us at Next Take Media. And lastly, you can find us on YouTube, but you just got to search Next Take Videos. Okay. I mean, you put on your, uh, you put on your little intro voice. I, 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 very good. Very good. I do this, man. <laughs> I'm the bro host. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> this is Next Take Podcast. We are a weekly podcast where I just read all. Oh, that. you did. Shut up. My fault. I'm so Edit. used. To, I'm so used to doing it, man. I'm so used Edit. to it. Listen, I had a day. Like, all right, I had a day. I understand. We potty training. Your niece and nephew. <clears throat> One is- and we also potty training. Mm. Hold on. Potty is there a, podcast. Potty. Is there, a, is there a? Hold up. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a day. I'm tired as hell. I sh- probably should have grabbed another cup of coffee before we started. Anyway, let's let's get to the weekly recap. Yeah, this week a lot of stuff happened. Manuel quickly was speaking on how he got invited to work out with Kevin Durant. He's been working on his mid range, and he's being the lead facilitator in all the Team USA practices. How you feel about that? I mean, I kind of want to see it in a game and not just hear that he is being the lead facilitator in the practice mm-hmm. but we're not going to see it in the game so until some of you I don't I'm just that's the time uh, it's one of those things where he's like you hear that you like, yeah you get real excited and then he comes back and you see him in summer league and in preseason and he don't look that much better than he did to end last year <laughs> and it's not the mentality to have. It's, no, it's not the mentality you have. But you just I'm, what I'm saying is, I don't want to get too excited because I want to see it. I don't want to hear about it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I want to see the videos. Okay. I want to see like they scrimmage in practice and like, oh, we should probably have picked him up for the team USA or something like that. But I don't want to hear about it. I kind of want to see it. I want to see it in a real game and not something where it's like it's being worked on. But when Real pressure is applied. It don't look as good. So yeah, I feel you. Yeah, it, I like hearing that type of stuff. I I like but, hearing it too. But Mitch has led us astray to make us feel like we can't trust the things that he says. So now after that, it's kind of like I'm on the same page as you. I kind of want to see it more than like I want to get excited over hearing him say it. But <clears throat> it's good to know where he needs to improve in. You know what I'm saying? Like Ben Simmons, it took him four years before he finally went to, to the gym and started working on his jump shot. Quickly, his areas where he struggles at, I feel like is being a lead guard 
setting the table for the other guys around him to score. And he doesn't take advantage of all the best shots that he could be taking. He He's either literally a, a, a three-point shot or a floater. It's no in-between. It's a lot of points that he's leaving in the mid-range that he could have been chasing last season. And that would have helped us out in the playoffs, I feel like. So, yeah, I'm on the same page as you. I just want to see it more so than hear about it. Okay. I, I don't know how... I don't know if he necessarily needs to do anything really in the mid-range because he was pull, pulling that floater from the free throw line at points. I think he just needs to perfect that floater. I don't need to see him do a jump shot. I need it, I need that three three-point shot to be at the line to the half court. I need that floater and I need a little bit of a finish finishing, but but he he can't shoot the floater going left right on in the mid-range area. That's where he could get a lot of buckets too. Yeah, that's that's true too. Yeah. I I, th- I think I just I think it's more important that he's able to finish at the rim than any real mid-range jump jumper because that's not really an effective shot. He doesn't really need it. He's got a three. He's got a floater. Just finish at the rim. You're a three-level scorer. You don't really. No, nah, he's not a three-level scorer until he start hitting that midi. I feel like the mid-range is what is the most important thing he got to do. You see what Chris Paul does with that mid-range? He's surgical with that. He steps his foot on the line. He's a it's a mid-range shot. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> well, since you don't care about the mid-range, how you feel about him working out with KD? I like it. I like it a lot, especially because of what you just said. If I'm not I'm not opposed to the mid-range shot. I just don't need it. But if you're working out with KD and he's showing you some moves, showing you a step back or two, you know. KD get busy in the mid-range too. Correct. But he also 6'10". Also correct. But but when you have a team, if 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 you put a team around quickly, that he only has to worry about one player, it doesn't matter how short he is. He just needs to have something to where he doesn't have to be at the three point line, but he can get a shot off in the mid range. Yeah. That's not necessarily the floater, but a floater is for me. It's like if you have the floater and you can knock it down automatically. I'm not so worried about the mid range. I'm not so worried about you having a step back. Because Trey Young has shown, like, you don't really need the mid-range shot. You can do floater and three, and that's really it. And finish at the rim. And then, Where Trey Young at now? Yeah, but Trey Young's where he's at because his team is not that, like, his team's good, but they were not supposed to make it to the finals with that, with that roster. They're supposed to make it as far as they made it. And they're lucky they made it as far as they made it, as far as I'm concerned. A lot of people will disagree, but... They were built to make it to the playoffs and see how far they could go. They were not built for a title title contender. They're, they're trying to do title contention the next couple years, trying to show that this team is good enough with Trey Young as the lead as the lead guy that they can go past the first and second round, which they did. But that's it. That's what this team was constructed to do. Hey, if they made the conference finals, I feel like they were supposed to. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta beat teams to get there it ain't like he they just stumbled into it they 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 put in the work to get there so absolutely uh, i'm gonna respect them as a conference I, finals team. i respect them as a conference finals team i just also i'm like i don't it, there's there's conference finals teams where it's like yeah i can see them battling it out for the conference finals every year and there's conference mm-hmm. finals teams where it's like they're good they're a good team they're gonna be in the playoffs every year 
I don't expect to see them in the conference finals as currently constructed or with the core pieces that they have still being the core pieces. They, they need to pick up another guy or two and make that the core. Mm-hmm. Well, we can revisit this next year when we see in the playoffs who, cause I feel like the, the way that their roster was set up, it looks like they built for the future anyway. They are. I just don't think that. So they only going to get better. I think it's just going to be, I think outside of trade, they're all rotation player. Like I shouldn't say rotation players. That's disrespectful, but I don't, I don't see a number two there next to Trey. Yet. I think the number two is going to come in trade or free agency. I don't see any of those guys being number two. Not like RJ, we could see RJ being number two or number three. That, mm-hmm. like, that's what I mean. Like, when you got to the finals with your guys who are going to be there for years, you got, you know, like, say, say the Knicks made it to the conference finals on, yeah. it, it would have been because of Randall, RJ, maybe Mitch. And then it's like, I can see them coming back because those are the guys that are going to get you there. And all you have to do is add to that, not necessarily like have the guy. And I don't see that with Atlanta. I see Trey Young. Yeah, Trey Young is that guy. He's going to get them there. But DeAndre Hunter. No, he's not number two, number three. He's 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 a piece. You don't need he's a piece. superstar. You got you need guys who are going to star in their role. Guys who's going to be role players, but be the best role player that you like Jay Crowder kind of guys. I see yeah, a lot of them you're... growing up to be a Jay Crowder kind of guy. I see a Macau Bridges kind of guy on in DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, if you're LeBron, well, KD, Giannis. That, but you get what I'm saying. If you're LeBron, KD, Giannis, yeah, you don't need that number two, number three guy. But if you're not, if you're not those guys, yeah, you need somebody who's going to be somewhat on your level in this day and age. Trey Young putting up the same kind of numbers as KD and them. It's it's Trey Young. Trey Young's a star. He made it now. You got to respect him now. I do respect him. He's a that's, top. I, he's Trae a top Young. ten. He's a top he, ten player. He, He's a top ten player, yeah. but there's there's a line there. I don't think he's at that line yet. Because even KD need need yeah. somebody on his level to get to the finals. Like, so, like, I put respect on Giannis's name because Giannis made it to the finals with, you know, Chris Middleton and them. Like, <laughs> like you can't say somebody's on Giannis's level. You know, around Giannis's level on that team. Like it, it's Giannis and. A lot of really, really good players. And Giannis has been doing this for a while. Like, Giannis has been in the playoffs. I I put Giannis up there with with LeBron. um, I think KD could do it if you have those types of players. I don't see Trey. I don't don't see Trey Young being Giannis, LeBron. Because we do this every week, bro. (laughs) What do you mean? How? We do this every week. Yo, the podcast just started. We talking about the Hawks. This is not what we had in the notes. You know what? You're right. Fuck the Hawks. <laughs> Go ahead. What we got next, French? Next up, the Knicks have officially started to interview their draft prospects, starting with Belgian forward, Vrons. I don't know how to say your last name. Burr. You could have looked it up. 610. <laughs> no, I looked it up. They didn't have no pronunciations nowhere. You could have. But... Whatever, but he's he he good though he's good he's a six ten forward played in Belgium averaged nine point four points and shot forty three from the field but he's a six ten forward who plays like a guard he's a great passer he shoots the three 
he doesn't have a great percentage, but you can see him getting a a a, a better percentage in the NBA because he has a nice form and he has nice defensive upside. I like him. I don't know too much about him, but I just seen a, a couple of highlights. I see, I like what I see. I don't know nothing about also, him. You said what? I don't know nothing about him. I'll send you some 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 clips to look at. He he, all right. he all right. He's number tw- twenty six on the Strickland's uh big Knicks big board, mm. Knicks specific big board, right behind Brandon Boston Jr. Yeah, he's looking like a second round pick. Okay. We also got to interview James Booknight, six five New York City point guard, certified bucket, averaged eighteen point seven points per game, five point seven rebounds. 44% from the field at UConn. And he kind of re- reminds me of Zach Levine a little bit. The way that he plays, he has long strides. He got a lot of bounce. He got a nice form, but he didn't he didn't shoot a great percentage from three. He shot 29.3%, but defenders respected him. They they wasn't leaving him open to shoot the three because they know he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a bucket. He's a shot creator. He makes all type of step back shots, all type of contested pull-ups like he he's he's legit but the thing about him is he's like he could be a little inconsistent could shoot you out of a game but i like his game a lot i i i could see us trading up for him i don't think 10th pick maybe no actually i'm i'm bugging no you would have to trade up for him probably yeah he's too good to 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 snag at 19 i wouldn't trade up for him but that's just me and i wanna I don't I'll I'll save that for the draft pod. I could tell you why I wouldn't. It's not it's nothing basketball. Well, it is basketball. He he reminds me of Alonzo Trier. <laughs> uh that's that's going to be Watch Alonzo Trier highlights and then watch James Booknight. <laughs> he reminds me of him. I don't know why. I- we also interviewed oh my guy. Nah. I was going to say, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. We also have interviewed Jalen Johnson, 6'9", all-around wing from Duke. Only averaged 11.2 points per game, but he has six rebounds, two assists. And it's it's mostly like a, a potential pickup when we draft him because he only averaged 11 points per game. He wasn't like a leading scorer, but he's comfortable in transition. He looks like a pretty good defender. Makes nice passes in transition. Like, I can see him developing in, into a nice role-playing wing. I don't know if he has a star potential, but I like his game. I would draft him at 19 if he if he's still there. Okay. You want to know anything about him? The only thing I know about him is that he's right behind Jalen James Booknight on the Strickland big board. I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I might have watched his video once or twice, but. I don't think that I saw anything where I was like, yeah, I think we should pick him. Like, he wouldn't be my first choice. If he, if we picked him, I wouldn't be mad at it, but mm-hmm. I would I would have him probably above James Book Knight on my big board. I would too. I like his game a lot. Every Oh, that's the other thing I'm I'm remembering now. Every time that I've seen anything on Jalen Johnson, they compare him to Julius Randle. And then off that, it's really? just like, I, yeah, like this is the brief description because I don't think they've done a profile on him yet on the Strickland. An apple from the tree of Randle, jacked four who relies on strength and handles rather than burst or his ugly J 
to score and create shots for his teammates. So, I, I like that if we didn't already have Obi Toppin. But I see him more as a, as a small forward than a four. I understand why you say that, but I think that you also have to kind of realize that when you he's 19, how he was a mm-hmm. freshman. So, yeah, maybe he is built like a three now. Once by the time his rookie contract is up, he'll be a four in the vein of what Julius Randle is doing right now. Which is like, oh yeah, you could have Julius Randle start and you could have mini Julius Randle come off the bench. But you can't do that if you have Obi Toppin coming off the bench behind Julius Randle, unless you trade him. But but I don't think Jalen Green is stuck to the four because Johnson's he's mobile. I said Jalen Green. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't getting Jalen Green. <laughs> unless we do a mega trade. Nah, we're not uh, unless we trade in Julius Randle. Jalen Johnson's six foot nine. He's young. He, he does a little bit of everything. If he puts a little, it, it, you know, he's referred to as a jacked, a jacked wing. He's going to be a four in the league. Uh, he, he's, he's tall. He's going to do it all. He's going to pass. He's going to be, he's going to, he's going to be the next Julius Randle if he pops and which will make him a four. He's not, yeah, he's not going to be guarding twos. Put it like that. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Also interviewed Josh Christopher. 6'5 guard, shooting guard, who appears to model his game after James Harden. He's a crafty finisher in the paint, shot creator. He loves his step back, and he's a great scorer in transition for Arizona State. He averaged 14.3 points, 4.7 rebounds, 1.4 assists. And I don't know if I really like his game a lot. I see I see Kevin Porter when I see him play mm. more so than James Harden. But I'm not saying that like to disrespect him. Kevin Porter is nice. I just don't see where he fits on the Knicks. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how, how I have to do more research on him. When we have the draft episode, I'm going to know everything. But right now, I don't know how he is on defense. I just see how he, he's like a, he's a pecan. He's a nut. He look like a, sh- uh, he, he wants to shoot the ball every possession he gets it from what I've seen so far. But I could be absolutely wrong. I, do you know anything about him so far? He's not on the Strickland's draft board. I'll take a one more quick look at it. I had to do a quick Google search and NBA draft.net, which is a very poor. <laughs> I don't, I don't trust anything on NBA draft.net, but they have, you got to watch him play. You got to go on they, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have him 17th on their big board. Yeah. But I can't I trust don't, all these big boards. I, I don't like, I don't, every time I look at their big board, I don't like it. And some something something in their big board is like really y'all got them there yeah you got them there like they got Sharif Cooper thirty fifth on their big board yeah you see what I'm saying and they got they got you, you they know got, what you gotta do they got Bones they got Bones Highland eighteenth it's like yeah y'all I, I don't trust y'all so I mean Bones is nice though I like Bones I like Bones a lot I don't know if I have him that high. Yeah, I don't know if I would put him over Sharif. I think that he, I think he can go in the first round, but yeah, no. But sorry, go ahead. The way with them people who do big boards, you got to see their big boards from like previous drafts, yeah. just to see if you could trust them and see if they're reliable. That's what I noticed a lot. Cause a lot of people be doing these stupid ass big boards. But that's why, that's why I don't trust NBA Draft on that because I, I, I've looked at their big boards the past couple of years and it's like, y'all terrible. 
Yeah. So, but I don't know anything about Josh Christopher. Hey, when we do that draft episode, y'all, tune in. We're going to be prepared for that one. Next up, Trey Mann averaging 16 points per game, 5.6 rebounds, and shot 40% from three for the Florida Gators. I like his game a lot. He's he he's like a – everybody always says that he's like this generation point guard, prototype, Kyrie, and them type of guys. I see D'Lo when I see him play. Okay. He's real smooth. He, he When he did the combine videos in the pro day – he showed off that he's bouncy. He got a lot of athleticism, but I don't ever see him dunk in the games. But he is a really crafty scorer. Like, if if we was to draft him, I don't know if I would love the fit next to quickly, but for sure we're never going to have any issues when it comes to shot creation when we have one of these guards in the game because his step back is mean. Like, the way he could just score off the bounce, off the dribble – like he's he's legit. I like Trey Man a lot. What about you? I like Trey Man. I agree with you. I don't know about the fit next to quickly, but you could treat it like the Cavs did Sexton and Garland and put them both out there, see which one pans out the most or see if they can work together. Because they're both they both, they both can shoot it from three. They yeah. both got range, but outside yeah. of that, their games are different. Where where man is strong, quickly is weak. Where quickly is strong, man is weak. And you could basically just put them both out there and say whichever one of y'all figures it out first is that's who's going to be on the team. Or if you both figure it out, hey, even better, y'all y'all the one two next to next to RJ. We can't lose. Except on defense, you probably can lose. But <laughs> I like... I don't know. I, I like Quickly's defense, and I feel like he's going to get better. So I don't know yeah, but quick, if uh, that would be a bad backcourt defense. Yeah. And Tibbs could hide Trey Man if he needs to. Yeah, they're both... He's a big guard. Yeah, they're, they're both not... Ideal if you're trying to have a really good defensive team to have them both on the court at the same time, but I, I wouldn't be mad at it. I wouldn't be mad yeah, at I it. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad. He's at six it. five. Quickly's what six three. Right. They got size. So and and, and that tips could do something with that. And honestly, I, I can't quibble too much about it because somebody else that we both like. If we drafted them, we would be like, I don't like know if I like the fit next to quickly if they drafted them, yeah. but. Small guard. Whatever. <laughs> I know you're going to like this next one. I don't even know if you know anything about him. But Trey Murphy, he also interviewed for, for, with the Knicks. And he's one of my favorite prospects just due to the fact that I know Tibbs is looking for wings who can shoot. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking for wings who can shoot, you can look no further than Trey Murphy. He reminds me of Mikhail Bridges. You see what he's doing in the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. He shot – he had 11 point – Point two points per game, shot 43% from, from three, shot 50 from the field at Virginia. So he just looks like one of those guys that every team needs and every team wants. And you see the two teams in the finals, they – well, not the two teams in the finals. The, the two teams in the Hawks, the Suns, and who was the last team other than the uh, Bucks? The Clippers. Okay. 
I'm like, the one thing about all of them is that they all wing heavy. And that's the way that the NBA is trending nowadays. You you get a lot of wings who can shoot, defend, just do everything on the court because you don't want a bunch of big guys who are slow on their feet and you don't want a bunch of small guards who are undersized to say mm-hmm. compared to these other guys who who like KD and Giannis and them type of guys. So I think he would be perfect a perfect fit for New York. I want him drafted if we keep the 19 and 21 pick. I would want Sharif and him, but how you feel about it? I'm torn. I like Trey Murphy, but you pick Trey Murphy. I think all right. So you compared him to McCall, right? Mm-hmm. And I, with McCall, I think that people just assumed that he wouldn't get better for whatever reason. They just thought he was always going to be three and D, and that was it. Mm-hmm. But he was still a younger player, or rather he was younger than Trey Murphy was when he got drafted. Trey Murphy is a junior. He's a little bit closer to what we probably will expect him to be. I don't, I wouldn't be mad at the pick. Probably because I think that if you have two picks, you use one to reach for a guy who can get better and you Pick one who's going to be a solid player. Trey Murphy would be a solid player, a solid player for us. And I feel like he would have some big moments for us too. I, yeah, but I don't know. I think there might be. I think that if you could get a better wing, three and D wing, and still keep another pick to pick a Sharif Cooper, say. But we could draft both, is what I'm saying. I'm saying if you could maybe package Kevin Knox, a couple of those other picks with the 21st pick and move up and see if you could get another wing who might be able to help more. I think that I probably would rather do that. But if you don't do that, yeah, I would be fine with Trey Murphy. I ain't going to be too quick to trade Knox. You see his workout videos too? <laughs> I have. He's starting to figure it out. Uh, when he figures it out on court, then I'll be happy. <laughs> Last but not least, Luca Garza, six eleven point potential post scoring stretch big, averaging twenty seven points per game, eight point six rebounds, and forty eight percent from three at Iowa. Mm-hmm. You know anything about him? I watched one of his games. I happened to, I don't, you know, I don't watch college basketball, and I happened Me to neither. watch. I don't know anything about. I him. happened to watch a game and. Luca Garza was the one guy who just kept standing out on the court. And I was like, who is this dude? And is this going to be able to translate in the NBA? Because he was knocking everything down. He was basically the offense for for that team. Mm -hmm. With that said, I don't, I don't necessarily like him for us. He's 6'11", post-scoring, stretch big. Kind of reminds me of the Jokic a little bit. Yeah, I answered your question before you asked it, didn't I? I don't, I don't, I don't see that. You don't see Jokic a little bit? Mm -mm. I see, there's other guys in the draft that I see approximations of Jokic before I see that with Luka Garza. But Luka Garza is very talented and he's not like 
He's gonna he's gonna have a role in this league, for sure. He's gonna be a rotation player at the very least. I don't think he's gonna be a star. I don't think he's gonna be an all star. I think he's gonna be a very solid role player, sixth man, or end of the starting rotation guy. I I don't. I know. see either Mo Wagner or a star. It's no in between. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if we drafted him, but I would also be kind of nervous. But I don't know why. I gotta, I gotta do a little more research on him. But he looks nice. He looks like he looks like he contribute in the NBA. I don't know what it is that scares me, but we'll talk about him more in the draft episode. Yeah, he he puts up threes at a decent rate. I mean, I don't, I can't complain about it. I just felt, I just feel like this. Something in his game that it, it's just not popping. Like he popped in that game, in but I just feel like if you put him in the NBA, it's it's not going to translate as much as it did in the game that I watched. Hey, I ain't gonna sleep on anybody who averaged twenty seven for a season, Absolutely. eight rebounds, and damn near fifty from three. No, I'm not gonna sleep on him. I, I'm not gonna sleep on him. I just I don't know. Knicks know what they're doing. I like who they're interviewing. Yeah, yeah. I. I I like who they're interviewing too. So, yeah, I think that's gonna wrap it up for that. You want to talk about finals? weekly recap? Yeah, you want to talk yeah, about the finals? About I have nothing to say. <laughs> I, I called. I said Phoenix Suns. I see Phoenix Suns. You know, taking it from whoever whoever it is, they make it to the finals. You think it's going to be a sweep? The Bucs made it to the finals. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I think that they're going to take at least. I think they're going to take two games. I think the Bucs are going to take two games. I, I'm i not. I'm not scared of what, I, what I've seen in the first two games. I, I think the Bucs. I think, I think the Bucs are going to flip whatever switch that they flip in every round. And they're going to take two games. And then I think Phoenix is going to say, all right, kill that noise. And they're gonna wrap them up in six. I think this is gonna go seven. Like Phoenix, I feel like Phoenix won because of the fact that they were playing at home with that crowd. Mm-hmm. On the road, it's gonna be a different feeling on the road for these role players who are making all these big shots and making all these amazing plays. I don't know. We know the Bucks is wishy washy, but they their defense is it has lapses, but a lot of the time you you see the Bucks are playing a really tight defense. And that's gonna help when they're at home. Cause then their role players are gonna start filling it, making big shots on top of the fact that they making defensive plays and they're in a rhythm already with a groove. So they only won. I mean, lost one game at home this whole playoffs, right? If I'm not mistaken. Who? Phoenix? Bucks. The Bucks? The Bucks have lost more than one game. They lost. They went to this playoffs. They they went to. They swept the 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 Heat. They went to six with the. They went to seven. Six with who? You said they went to seven. Yeah, they went to seven with Brooklyn. With Brooklyn, yeah, and then they went to six with Atlanta. Okay. And they took one in Atlanta, didn't they? They lost game one, 
Mm-hmm. What game at home did they lose against the Nets? I feel like they lost. I feel like they lost. They lost the two. Game. The two in Brooklyn. They lost two in Brooklyn. They came back, won all the games in. Uh, yeah, the Hawks is the only team that beat them at home. And I feel like, and that, it wasn't that the game where Giannis got hurt. Probably. That's what I'm saying. This is gonna be seven. I don't see Milwaukee losing at home. Now you're making me want to look this shit up. <laughs> but I don't see them. I, I agree with you. I don't see them. I don't see them losing at home either. I see. I see them losing at home in game six. And assuming, well, not assuming Phoenix is going to win game five. And if, Obviously, if Milwaukee loses game six, that's it. I just checked Brooklyn then beat them at home. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> by, next, by next episode, we're going to know what happened. Correct. So, uh, do you think... So I'm still picking Phoenix in seven. Phoenix in seven. I got Phoenix in six. Do you think Giannis is going to... Come back to the finals next season? No. I think it's gonna if, be- if if Brooklyn's healthy, they go into the finals. I don't see Milwaukee taking them out next year. What if they gonna have Dinwiddie back? Yeah, it's over. They go into the finals. They they're not getting Dinwiddie back. They paying him. They not gonna let him walk for nothing. They'll trade him before anything. They ain't gonna just let him walk in free agency. They gonna pay him. They got the money. I'm going to have to look at my little note note here to see but well, I think he's unrestricted. If he That also happened this this week where he said like word for word that he returned to Brooklyn for 5 years 125. Absolutely. Is Brooklyn paying him 5 years 125? Absolutely Why not. Wouldn't they? Because they don't have the money. They got for his that? rights. They they don't They have, got his bird rights. Okay. So they're going to spend five years, 125 on Spencer Dinwiddie when they could spend less than that for players that are going to help them more? Who? Whoever. We're going to get into it. We're going to actually, you know what? Spencer Dinwiddie's a bucket still. You can trade him before you go and sign anybody who's going to replace what he brings. I'm going to, I'm going to take a quick look at this little. He might be restricted. You might be right. Let's see. Spencer Dinwiddie. No, he's nope. unrestricted. He's unrestricted. Yeah, he's unrestricted, man. Like, just because... That don't mean nothing, though. No. <laughs> no, that does mean something because you... What does it mean? It means that Brooklyn is over the cap. Okay. They can only pay him. They can only... Well, they can, they can pay him... A certain amount, they can pay but him exactly what he wants. After they sign everybody in free agency, because they got his bird rights, they can go over the cap to sign. They him. can go over the cap to sign him, but if you're gonna go over the cap to sign him, who are you not bringing back? Who are you? Who, uh, who are you? DeAndre Jordan. Oh no, no, no. DeAndre Jordan's not even a free agent. Who's a free agent? Well, this is this is not the Nets take t- podcast, but we're gonna look. We're gonna look. Because here, here's my thing, right? You're an NBA team. You can go over the cap to bring you guys back, sure. But this is still a business. You ain't gonna you ain't gonna spend unnecessary amounts of money 
just because you can. Like, wouldn't it be more important to like, yeah, James Harden's hamstring that might be a problem for the rest of his career. Wouldn't it make more and, sense to spend more spend money to have guys to fill that role? Let let James Harden get as much rest as possible for the year. Fill, who's going to fill that role better than Dinwiddie in free agency this year? Dinwiddie is not filling. He's already on the team. <laughs> like we, Dinwiddie is a borderline all star. We can agree on that, right? It depends. He's coming off of an injury. That's the other big thing. He's coming off an injury. You have to see how he how he comes back. You got to see how he's he, affect players like how they used to. You got to see how he comes back from the injury. Well, who's the last player that didn't recover from his injury at ACL? Players that nowadays they have the, everything they need to. <laughs> Well, Dinwiddie ain't 17. <laughs> <laughs> Dinwiddie is a good size point guard. I mean, KD just tore his Achilles and just looked like he got better. So I'm not going to just say, oh, Dinwiddie don't deserve the money because he got injured. He, he going to come back the same way, I feel like. Bro, the Nets are going to be over the cap before we're even talking about adding anybody. This is like, even if you renounce the cap holds, the maximum possible cap space that they have, the maximum possible cap space is negative $48,696,714, which means there's nothing that the Nets can do to even get close, to even get close to the salary cap. And you're talking about spending mad bread on Spencer Dinwiddie? Like, you could do it. You could do it. You can do it. Look, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna read you're to gonna you be, all the. You're gonna be spending the, the, what? The, the free agents for the Nets. Okay. Spencer Dinwiddie. These are all the Nets free agents. Mm-hmm. Jeff Green, mm-hmm. Tyler Johnson, Bruce Brown Jr., who's a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Blake Griffin, Mike James, mm-hmm. who they just signed and is also a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Reggie Perry, who's also restricted, and Chris Chioza, who's also restricted. Mm-hmm. So out of the unrestricted free agents, you got Blake, Tyler Johnson, and Jeff Green. You don't think those guys can be signed again for the minimum and then you just get Dinwiddie back on the books I mean, and then I, just run it back next year? I mean, I could see it. I just can also see somebody saying, we're going to spend a, an extra three or four million and the Nets saying like, yeah, no, nah, we're not doing that. We we can we we can replace you on a cheaper contract if we need to. That's bad business. Yeah, you never you never let a, a talent walk around, walk out for nothing. If you're gonna let if you if you don't mind losing him, then trade him and get pieces that can I just help. don't like. I just don't like the idea. How much did you say that they would bring him back for? Five twenty five. No, he's looking for five one twenty five. Five one twenty five, which means you he's looking for twenty five mil a year. Right, you spending twenty five mil a year on your backup on your backup guard. You doing that? You You have KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. Right, and you got a borderline all star who can come off the bench and score buckets anytime any of these other guys get injured. That's bad business, man. That's bad. That's bad business. Spending twenty five million on your on your 
sixth man point guard who is coming off an ACL injury. Who would you rather give that twenty five million in cap space that you don't have to sign? You you could same, <laughs> you don't have no same, cap space to sign nobody better. The same vet minimum thing that you're talking about. You could still do that vet minute vet minimum and, and sign a Rondo or one of these dudes that come Rondo off of the after bench. What we just saw. I, Listen, Rondo. After what we just saw, Rondo. All he has to do is placehold. That's it. That's it. You don't need. You don't need a starting level. Turn that off, man. You don't need a starting level point guard coming off of your bench if you got Kyrie, KD, and James Harden. Like, well, you don't need James Harden when you got KD and Kyrie, but they still traded for him. Yeah. So, so why are you spending twenty five million on Spencer Dinwiddie for five years? Because you can trade him. He's an asset. You're not going to let an asset just walk out the door just because, oh, we could pay someone for cheap. That's that's bad business. I don't know. That's what that's what OKC did with James Harden. You remember that? I don't know if Spencer Dinwiddie is getting five years, 25 mil. He's going to get it from somewhere. From anybody. He's going to get it from somewhere. I don't think, think so. he won't go to Orlando and get that. I think I, I don't think I think he'll get five years on 20 million a year. I don't think he's getting five years, 25. All right, let's just get into free agency. Now, it's funny that we're talking about Spencer Dinwiddie because Spencer Dinwiddie is actually one of the guys I think that the Knicks can target. Man, stop it. Maybe get it. Maybe get him if they decide that they're going to spend. I uh, see. I, I think that what I'm going to say is actually you're not. You think he's going to get 25 mil? I don't think he's going to get 25. I think he'll get 20. But I had a little bit of time on my hands, French. I think we're going to have a little bit of fun today. What are we at? We already done did 45 minutes, and we didn't even get to the main part of this podcast: <laughs> free agency. Mm-hmm. All right. So let me just do something like this. Do something like that. And for those of y'all who are not watching and are listening, I made myself a little slideshow. Is that coming up? You see that, French? I see that. Uh, I made myself a little slideshow talking about free agency. Hey, find us on YouTube at (laughs) Mixtape Videos. You're going to see this slideshow. Yeah, if you see this slideshow, uh, try not to trash me too much. I'm not a pro like some of our cohorts, J- uh, Jonathan Macri and all that. All these, all the Knicks fan people who do podcasts and Knicks fan TV and all that. Like, I'm not them, but it's my little uh, great value <laughs> slideshow. New York Knicks, free agency 2021. So, first thing I'm going to talk about, we start off with the Knicks, who we should expect to be back with us next season from who was here, who was just playing with us. I think we're going to bring Derek Rose back. Luca Vildoza was a part of the team, but never actually played. He was a late signing. He'll be, he'll be here. He'll be a part of the rotation. Emmanuel quickly will definitely be part of the rotation. For our wings, we got R.J. Barrett coming back. He'll definitely be the starter. Kevin Knox will also be back. And for the bigs, we got Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, Obi Toppin, and I think the Knicks will bring back Taj Gibson on another vet min. Looking at this, the 
biggest observations you can see clearly. Biggest dearth of talent is in the wing spot. We only got RJ, and if depending on what you think about Kevin Knox, that's it. We also have a lack of playmaking outside of Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, Derek Rose. No obvious starting point guard option. Outside of D Rose, but D Rose, I think we I think we're all comfortable with him coming off of the bench. All right, now let's put I'm that into perspective. Going to the bench. Our starting lineup is still under construction as we are without a point guard or a wing next to RJ, Julius, and Mitch. The bench unit will be made up of Derek Rose, Quickly, Obi, Taj, and Luca Vildoza. Kevin Knox and Pell, Norvell Pell, will probably see limited minutes unless Kevin Knox translates what he's doing in the videos to the court. All right, let's get to the fun part. Free agent scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> so before I get into the scenarios, minus cap holds, Knicks will have $56 million in roster cap space. Or they will be using $56 million on the players. Mm-hmm. Derek Rose can be brought back after anybody be signed. We have his early bird rights. If the Knicks bring, do bring Taj Gibson back, it would have to be via the vet minimum or another exception, whether it be the mid-level, the room exception, some sort of exception, depending on what where the Knicks are at. And this is going to, all of my scenarios are going to be under the scenario that Mitch comes back in a club option and, that, and not that we have declined his club option so that we can sign him to a bigger deal. What's a club option? If I recall, that means that the team... Oh, the team option. ...are opting to bring him back for $1 million. My bad. They can, they can, they can, they can say, yeah, we'll bring him back. You get paid this much, or we could say, nah, we don't want to pay you that. I'm, I, if I recall correctly, if they decline it, he'll be a restricted free agent. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not sure. I'm actually, I, I don't remember. I don't remember, but I, if I do think that if they, no, he'd be unrestricted if, if they decline. bring it, if they, if they bring him back, yeah, he'll be restricted. If they decline, he'll be unrestricted. Right. So I have potentially $55.6 million in cap space this offseason. $73,902,000 would be the maximum available, which would require renouncing all cap holds and non-guaranteed contracts, including Julius Randle's contract. Julius Randle has a non-guaranteed contract, which if the Knicks were to waive him, they would only have to pay him $4 million, which is not happening. The Knicks are not waiving Julius Randle. All right. Following so far? I'm following. I also got a list of all the free agents on the side here. I, I, I let's slow down. Nah, so you I'm got gonna go yours. With... I'm gonna get mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go in order from most probable slash less exciting, at least exciting scenarios. Okay. All the way up to the most unlikely scenario. Starting with scenario number one, signing a bunch of vets to the minimum and cheaper deals, 20 mil or less per year. 
In this scenario, we're just picking up talented guys who probably aren't going to get on get run on championship teams. Least likely of these is going to be Lou Williams, who I think the Knicks should try to take a look at. You know, somebody that Emmanuel quickly could learn behind. That's somebody Emmanuel quickly looks up to. Yeah. Lou Williams has a little bit more playmaking sp- skills still than Emmanuel quickly, so I think that would be a great guy to pick up if you can. Mm-hmm. I'm with you I, so far. In my in my in my example, I got Nicholas Batum, Lou Williams, Doug McDermott. And Trey Lyles, who French has recently called dirt. <laughs> Due to so, what he did in Canada. Correct. So how does that look? Well, I'm not mad at any of those except for Trey Lyles. I like oh, hold Doug on. McDermott. Hold on. Hold on. I, missed, I, I missed my first two signings. Evan Fournier, Fournier. and Spencer Dinwiddie. I and Spencer Dinwiddie. Fournier. And I got Spencer Dinwiddie even even less than the twenty million I said fifteen mil, but you fifteen mil twenty million you can do either one and still do vet minimum deals and still have money to do additional things outside of that. Sorry, what were you about to say? Spencer Dinwiddie does not he like all like all these years of him being a net. All he ever did was throw shots at the Knicks and clown the Knicks. I I can highly I can bet you. With my left arm, that he is not going to take a ten million dollar pay cut to come and play for the Knicks. I can guarantee you that. Is it a ten million dollar pay cut? From what he's expecting, yeah, he's expecting twenty five. From what he's expecting, yes, but he has a cap hold for seventeen mil from the Nets, which if the Nets decide, you know what, you want, you getting greedy, we don't want you back. And then he goes out and he tries to find a team to get that contract that he wants and just finds out this is probably the market, 15 to 20 mil. Mm-mm. Okay. Somebody's going to pay. I want to stay. Maybe I want to stay in New York. Maybe the reason that I've been dissing New York all this time is because actually I'm the little weird. Nets were always the little brother and we always looked up to the big brother. I, maybe I don't. Maybe I'm. Secretly, I really want to be in New York. Maybe I want to, maybe I want to be a Nick. I wouldn't be shocked. Now, now, yeah, you know, that's how it is. You know, people make fun of what they really want to be. You know how it goes, mm-hmm. man. I would not be shocked if Spencer Dinwiddie all this time he was clowning the Knicks because he really wanted to be a Nick. So that, that is the point guard I chose, but it doesn't have to be Spencer Dinwiddie. There are other point guard options in free agency that you can either spend more money on or less money on who would be okay for this kind of scenario. So how does that look? Starting lineup, Spencer Dinwiddie, Evan Fournier, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, bench, Derek Rose, Emmanuel quickly, Nicholas Batum, Obi Toppin, Taj Gibson. The third unit, I think Luca Vildoza would be, Luca Vildoza or Doug McDermott or both would be that would be those guys to get run. That would be the twelve guys to get run. That would get play. You got Luca Vildoza, Doug McDermott, Trey Lyles, Norvell Pell, and we would probably be drafting a shooting guard or a combo guard, and then we'll also be drafting a small forward. Kevin Knox would be our fourth string power forward. 
and that would be the Knicks in 2021, 2022. Even with all these signings, you have enough money to re-sign one or two more of last year's guys. So this doesn't necessarily have to be the lineup. You can sign these guys and still bring back one or two. You could bring back Reggie. You could bring back Alec Burks if you want. Slot them in in the third string of the Knicks. And now you have a lot of depth. Are we significantly better? No, but with a real point guard, likely leaps from RJ, IQ, and Obi, and actual off-the-dribble threats throughout the lineup, I, I think this would be an interesting and entertaining, if not old, team. What are your thoughts, French? I mean, I don't hate it. I don't see this scenario coming true, but I could do you one better off the wing. Instead of Spencer Dinwiddie, Trey Lyles, I would try to put my money into maybe signing Daniel Tice, who's an unrestricted free agent. I like his game a lot. Mm-hmm. Or Will Barton, who's on a player option for 13 mil, who might decline it to get a bigger payday. Right. Or uh, a Kelly Olynyk type big man who's going to stretch the floor for you, make all the right basketball plays. Like one of those three I would have instead of Trey Lyles and Spencer Dinwiddie. Maybe two. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Yeah, you can definitely do that. Will Barton was definitely under consideration, as was Kelly Olenek. But I I just threw Trey Lyles in there because I – Whoever it is, if if the Knicks do pick up a power forward, it's going to be somebody who's not going to get any burn. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the bigs. I don't think – I think that unless the Knicks bring back Nerlens Noel, which is po- a possibility with this scenario, you could bring back Nerlens Noel. I don't think the Knicks bring back anybody else as a big. Maybe – well, I'll, I'll get to that. But yeah, I like your I like your roster also. But once again, I don't think that really does any damage outside of okay, we finished somewhere around where we did last year and we're just basically looking for leaps from our young guys. Yeah, which which I'm expecting. Yes, which wouldn't, I'm also expecting. Wouldn't it be hilarious if we signed Tim Hardaway Jr. again? <laughs> Yo, stop stop stealing my jokes. Scenario number two. Toronto gives up on Lowry. Don't bring him back. Yeah, I'm liking this so Let's far. say Toronto gives up on this team as constructed and Kyle Lowry is the first domino to fall. Mm-hmm. Could we pick him up on a three-year for 25 mil deal with the third year being an option? Give him four. I think it's a possibility. I think it's a possibility. I think to round out the starters, Knicks could sign an Otto Porter Jr., who had a tough season last year, but is still a good three-point good three three a good three point shooter for his career. You could bring back Reggie on his cap hold, bring back Frank on his admittedly expensive team option, and then bring in two vents that I mentioned in scenario one. Lou Will and so Dermot I have Dermot. that's that's who I would bring back. That's who I would that's who I would bring over in a vet men deal. Yeah, I never even thought about Lou William. That's that's really interesting. IQ uh, yeah. looks at him as a mentor or as one of his favorite players that could be a really good mentor. I I like that pickup. If we was to make that. I would too. 
That's why I keep bringing them up. <laughs> With this roster, you're definitely going over the cap by bringing back Frank. But worst case scenario, he sucks again and he's off the books that after that year. Best case scenario, he boosts his value as a cog in the rotation, and we might still be able to pick him up in the next offseason as somebody who is familiar with the team. This team is better than scenario number one, in my opinion. Between Lowry, Rose, Porter, and Randall, I think we have enough players on both ends of the court to get back to the playoffs as somewhere around six seed. This is, of course, assuming leaps by the youth. It looks like Kyle Lowry at the point. RJ starting shooting guard, Otto Porter Jr. at the three, Julius Randle at the four, Mitchell Robinson at the five, D. Rose, quickly, Doug McDermott, Obi Toppin, Taj Gibson off the bench, Luca Vildoza, Frank, the draft picks, Kevin Knox and Norvell Pell getting spot minutes. What you think about this one? Yeah, I have no objection. I, I like this a lot. <laughs> I like this. I, the only thing I don't like, I feel like we should be able to sign Noel. Maybe like on a vet, on a vet man. Yeah, over Norvell Pell. Well, we already have the thing with the reason why I have Norvell as our consistent third string is because we already have him under contract. Yeah, but I think and it's a team option. It'll be that. there is we can get we can get rid of Norvell. Quite simply, and, get, and bring Noel back, or bring Noel back on the two way. Yeah, I, I just don't think. I think that Noel might finally be like, "This is my time to cash out." He played very well this year for us. If this, if he does think that way, where he he's not going to make twenty mil, he's not going to make anywhere that much. But yeah, he no he's saying. he. Every year, the past four or five years, he's outplayed his contract, and, he, and his contract keeps getting smaller and smaller. And I think playing on a playoff team and, and a team in a big market like the Knicks, I think that's going to boost his value. And I don't think that the Knicks are going to spend money to bring Noel back at a higher at a higher clip. When you got a healthy Mitch coming back, you can get Taj on another vet man. You already are you already can pay Norvell Pell, you, you know. Less than a mil, I think he's going to be making, or around a mil a year. I would love to have Noel back, but I don't. I just don't think it's realistic. I don't know if it's realistic to expect Taj to back up Mitch at thirty-six years old. Why? Why did, did you not see how Taj played all of this season and in the playoffs? Yeah, Taj was probably our could, best big in the yeah. our best big in this in the playoffs. You, well, you're hundred percent correct, but all last year could change in one year. It could. Uh, listen, if Mitch goes down as he has almost every year of his career, and, and, then and he goes down with a big again. injury, no, I think that then they would look to get a free agent big, which there are lots. You can find free agent bigs at any point in time. Like Taj was a free agent big. Two months into the season, and when we picked him up, you can find other guys like that just to fill the role until Mitch comes back. And I think that that's what the Knicks are going to do if they see that they have their okay, Mitch is hurt or we're we're short on bigs. They're just going to look at whoever they can pick up on a vet men deal and just run it with Taj Norvell and whoever they pick up, and that's it. I don't think that they're going to be worried about that going into the season. You know who I could see. Again, another name off the wing. Mm-hmm. I could see us signing a Dwight Howard if we don't bring Noel back. 
Absolutely. I think you could like, but I think that that would be something that you would do coming into the season. Mm -hmm. If you really are like, maybe we should, maybe we should bring in somebody who just in case Mitch gets hurt, you, you could sign Dwight Howard, but I don't think that, I think that Dwight Howard, yes, Dwight Howard would get, would get got for the low, but I don't think Dwight Howard would come to the Knicks for this team. I think he would be coming for the low for the Nets, the Clippers, the Lakers, those teams who are championship contenders. I think the same thing would be for another guy like JaVale McGee, guys who you who always end up on the best teams for the low low. That's that's who I think those that that's where I think those guys would go. I don't think that they would come to the Knicks unless they are a top two or three team in the East. Which I'm not 100% sure that this team is. As a matter of fact, I have them probably as the 6th or 7th seed. All right. Next up. Scenario number three. CP3 opts out of his player option and tests the market. If the rumors are true, I know you've heard these rumors, French. And CP3 decides he's going to opt out if the Suns win the chip then the Knicks will be a nice landing spot for that point guard. He's opting out knowing he'll be taking a pay cut, but it won't have to be too steep if he comes to New York. Paul would have to settle for for leading a team of Randall, Barrett, and a talented, not quite a star forward like Kelly Oubre, or an older talent like DeMar DeRozan. But if the Knicks can strike gold in the draft, perhaps they can do damage in the East. Maybe. I don't see. Now I hear you. I hear you, French. I hear you. But the one argument that I have heard that makes a lot of sense: CP3 is coming to the end of his career, and the one thing that would solidify his career even more so than winning a second second title with Phoenix would be winning a title with Phoenix and then bringing in a ring to New York. I don't just see one ring. that as being... Just one ring. Just one ring. If he, if he thinks that he can bring one ring to New York, he's solidified. Top top three-point guard of all time. We're which he's probably already... I agree. I agree with that. But if if you do bring in a Chris Paul on, say, a one-plus-one deal, it's possible. It wouldn't be you wouldn't you wouldn't get a ring this this season, but you would say, "All right, sign this one plus one deal. We'll we'll free up enough cap space to bring in a third or fourth guy. It'll be you, RJ, Randall, star player number three, star player number four. Now you have a championship contending team. You just have to get through this first year. If you think yeah. the Phoenix Suns." who have not been in the playoffs in eight years. If they win a championship, they not going to max out Chris Paul for four or five oh, years. I, I think they would 100%, <laughs> like, but, th- but that's not, but that's not in their control, sir. What do you mean? Chris Paul, Chris Paul has a player option. Yeah. Which means- and I'm sure he wants to make the most money and the sons are geared up out, with a nice if, roster. If, if Chris Paul opts out, It'll be either to re-up with, with Phoenix, mm-hmm. which is very likely. 
for the most money. Or it's to test the market. And if it's to test the market, it's I I don't think it's to, it's to get the money. I, I think it's to see what he can do for his career. I don't see it. I feel like he already did I, that I, with Phoenix. Chris, well, Chris Paul has links to Leon Rose. He has links to... Leon Rose other, ain't on the court. He's not on the court. He's not. You're right. But I, I think that some of the rumors have stated that part of the reason why he didn't come to New York wasn't just because he wanted to be on the West Coast. It was because the Knicks were expected to be bad. And he wasn't. He didn't want to come to New York to be on a bad team. And and then the Knicks ended no up fans. being good. And the Knicks and it's and because there were no fans. Now you have a garden that's rocking. It's going to be full. It's going to be packed. You have a playoff team with Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. You have cap space to add guys. You can add a Demar Derozan. You can add Kelly Olynyk. You can add. Trevor Ariza, a TJ McConnell, and it's not getting it done, admittedly, but you're still a really good team. Mm-hmm. You're still a really good team with Chris Paul, RJ Barrett, DeMar DeRozan, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson as your starting five. Derek Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Trevor Ariza, Obi Toppin, and Taj Gibson on the bench. Luca Vildoza able to fill in the guard role if somebody ahead of him falls. TJ McConnell can be there too. Kelly Olenek can be the backup four or five just in case. Okay. And you got the draft picks. You got the draft picks also, and you can either make them a part of a rotation if some of these old guys don't. Or you can have them learn one of them. I have one of my draft picks earlier. I had them as shooting guard. Now I have them as a point guard because now you draft a point guard in the draft and you don't need them to contribute right away. They can learn from one of, from the best point guard if you don't consider him one of the best point guards in the league. French, you're like, I don't believe any of this. <laughs> <laughs> this is the too good to be but, true. But scenario. I did say... But I did say this is going to go from the most likely, likely yeah, that is true, to more unrealistic. All right, my bad for stepping on it then. But I don't think that this is completely unrealistic. I do. It's more unrealistic than the Kyle Lowry, but we won't know until the offseason. And then it, it'll just be a one-two. Chris Paul says he's going to opt out, but he's going to re-sign with the Phoenix Suns. Or he's going to test the market. I absolutely love this scenario if it ever were to come true. I just have right. a hard time believing that Chris Paul would leave Phoenix after winning a chip with an opportunity to run it back and win another one with that same roster to come play in New York for respect that he already done earned. I don't see it. It's no, it wouldn't be for respect. It would it would it would be to it would be a legacy thing. Respect. It would be a legacy thing. It, it, it's like when LeBron went back to Cleveland. He didn't go back to Cleveland. Like, yeah, going back to Cleveland, he did have a good chance because of Kyrie to make it to the finals. But he went back to Cleveland for, you say respect, but it, it was legacy building. No. I, I brought 
a title. I'm the wrong Cleveland. guy to, to hit this one out. I'm not the guy to hit it. LeBron <laughs> went back to Cleveland for less. He went back to Cleveland because D-Wade's knees was going bad, and he couldn't win no championship with Chris Bosh over the Spurs. So he said, I'm going to try and go back home because nobody going to try to criticize me for that. I'm going to go back to Cleveland where I see Kyrie, and they got a number one overall pick. We're going to trade that for another All-Star. That's why I feel like he went back to Cleveland, not for no legacy. He went there because it was running thin in Miami. I mean, that's why he left Miami. But I do think that the legacy, bringing a ring to Cleveland, played a large role. And then once he won the once he won the ring in Cleveland, he was he was out of there. Yep. It's like, why'd you even come back to Cleveland? Well, now nobody you know, can say none. <laughs> exactly. Now he could go and team up with AD in LA, and nobody gonna say a word about him hopping yep. from team to team with the best stars. Mm-hmm. So, but, See but that's what that, I think. That's that's what I think, man. I don't think I don't think winning another ring in Phoenix is gonna get is gonna do anything. He could win one ring in Phoenix. One uh, the difference between one ring in Phoenix and two means nothing. It, 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 it's the difference between LeBron winning one ring in Cleveland and winning two. It means nothing. He wants to. He 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 won a ring in Miami. He won a ring in Cleveland, and he went where to the L.A. Because meaning a winning a ring in L.A. means something. And that's what I think the same thing would be for Chris Paul. Winning a ring in New York would mean something. Scenario number four, one of my favorites. Oh, no. Kawhi opts out Not Kawhi. of his player option. Not Kawhi. The holy grail of scenarios so far. Mm-hmm. Knicks might have the beginnings of a championship contender if this happens. If Kawhi does this, he probably wants a one plus one deal just in case he regrets the signing early. Or to allow himself to get a bigger payday when he convinces another star to join him and Julius Randle next offseason. Okay. So as you can see, I start off with the sign Kawhi Leonard to a one plus one deal for close to 40 mil per. I'm following. I'm thinking about 38 he'll probably get because he's making about 33 or 34 this season. So 38 he should be able to get up to. I'm not sure if he can get to 40 mil from his current contract because there is a cap to how much you can increase your contract. Mm-hmm. But sign a serviceable point guard. I have in my scenario the vet minimum deals. Patty Mills, Lou Williams, I keep bringing him back. Doug McBuggets, I also bring him back. And Bismack Biombo. And I also have bring back Frank on his option. Okay. I don't know how I feel about Biombo, but... With this roster, you're definitely going over the cap by bringing back Frank. But worst case scenario, he sucks again, just like in the earlier one. Mm-hmm. So, I like Patty Mills. Yeah, I, this in this scenario, I have Derrick Rose starting though, and I have Patty coming off of the bench. Derrick Rose, R.J. Barrett, just because Patty is, is is small. So, mm-hmm. D. Rose, R.J. Barrett, Kawhi Leonard, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, Patty Mills. Uh, that's the start lineup. Patty Mills off the bench. Former teammate of Kawhi's. Emmanuel Quickly, Doug McDermott, Obi Topman, Taj Gibson. And I have Luca, Frank, Kev, Norvell Pell. Once again, I have the draft pick and being a point guard this time, but it doesn't have to be. It could be a combo guard, shooting guard, whatever. It, that, it doesn't matter where that first pack, draft pick is. But the more important one is we need to have a draft pick in a small forward spot. To learn from Kawhi Leonard. 
How do you feel about this one? You said you don't like the Bismack Biombo. I just threw a big in there because just cuz. Yeah. I feel like if we were able to sign a Kawhi, we'd probably be able to follow up with a Dwight Howard or a. Uh... I, the reason why I settled on Bismack is because yeah. I think that it's just on the precipice, just on the cusp. Because when I look at this team, I'm like, is this a championship contending team? It is. 100%. Derrick Rose, Derek Rose, RJ Barrett, Kawhi, Julius Randle, and Mitch. I don't know if it is. I think it is. I don't know if it is. Because is this team that much better than the Los Angeles Clippers team? It's different. It is a different team. It's a lot different. It is. You have a lot of different types of players coming off the bench. Yeah. And you can, and then this is just for example, like Doug McDermott doesn't have to be there. I I said Lou Williams. I didn't even put him in this slide for some reason. And the two draft picks are going to probably be a lot better than a lot of the players on the Clippers. So just imagine Lou Williams is where Frank Nilekina is and move Frank Nilekina down a spot. I, I don't, I don't know if that gets done in the East. I bet on that team. Because RJ is going to make another jump next year. So And IQ. And OB. <laughs> and Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, I'm excited. If, we, if, we, if this was a scenario that actually could happen, I might, I might say the Knicks is going to the finals. Well, I, I wasn't. I wasn't happy with this one. So, scenario number five. Another one. (laughs) The holy grail. The actual holy grail of scenarios. This is the one that I convinced myself could actually happen. Sign Kawhi Leonard to a 30 mil per year deal. So, he is taking a pay cut from what he's currently making. Just so we can sign Chris Paul or Kyle Lowry to a 25 mil per year deal. And that's all the cap that the Knicks have if they do this. That's 55 mil. So all you can do outside of that is get some vet minimum deals. Pick your favorite options from any of the scenarios I posted earlier. But my one need, sign Carmelo Anthony. Need? <laughs> sign him. Sign him. That's my need. The Knicks don't need him. That's my need. Sign Melo, get him a ring. Mm-hmm. And my last bullet point, compete for a championship. I'll take that gets it Parker done. Before I take Melo back. So here's what I this is here's what mine looks like. Chris Paul, RJ Barrett, Kawhi Leonard, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson as a starting lineup. French has the ugly face on, as that is definitely a championship contending starting lineup. Definitely. Derek Rose off the bench with Emmanuel Quickly, Doug McDermott, Obi Toppin, and Taj Gibson. And you don't even have to bring Taj Gibson back. You can say, you know what, we'll spend whatever we need to spend. Probably not, but we'll spend who we need to spend on, on in the center spot. Bismack Biyombo, ja- JaVale McGee, Nerland's Dwight Howard. Back. Nerlens Noel. That, it doesn't have to be Taj. You got Luca Vildoza in the third string with Lou Will, Kevin Knox, Carmelo Anthony, Norvell Pell. That. We ain't that got is this a nice many draft. Team. I mean, the roster spots, you know. 
We got 15 and then you got, you got the two, two plus two. Mm-hmm. So I have, I still have the two draft picks there, but the two draft picks don't have to play. You can stash them. Nah. Put them in the G League. They don't have, they don't have, they don't have to be, they don't have to be part of that 15 man rotation. Yeah, they do. We they need some, we need some youth, some energy, some energy in the lineup. So, just like it would yeah, be in uh, IQ this year. Yeah, but this, this one definitely has 16 players. So somebody would have to be on, on one of the two-way contracts or whatever. So, a few other scenarios that I did not explore. I didn't explore any trades. Specifically, I did not s- explore Knicks making a trade for Damian Lillard. I just don't see it happen. Well, I'll go into the other scenarios first. Knicks trading up in the draft and end up with only one draftee. Knicks use Kevin Knox to trade up in the draft and free up potentially $6 million in cap space. Knicks running it back with almost all of the same players. Knicks starting the season with Derrick Rose, Luca Vildoza, and Emmanuel Quickly as their point guard rotation. No one else. Okay. And Knicks signing Lonzo Ball to be a member of the rotation. I did not, I did not make any of those a scenario. The only scenario that I really see happening out of those is the Knicks packaging Kevin Knox to trade up in the draft. I think that they're going to come into the next season with two prospects and nothing more than two, which is why all of my mocks have two slots for draftees, even though they all include Kevin. So you can take away Kevin. You can keep him in there. Uh, It didn't make any difference in my scenarios. I wanted to make them in a way where you could have a potential roster regardless of Kevin Knox's status. I know a lot of people want Lonzo Ball, but I don't think the Pelicans are going to let him go. And I don't like his fit here, except as a wing. Lonzo? Yeah. I don't like his fit. I don't like his fit. I've thought about it a lot. There's a lot of discussion. I don't like his fit because... I'm not as a point guard. Why not? I don't like his fit as a point guard because... We had a lot of issues, especially in the playoffs, when it came to half-court creation. Okay. And what is Lonzo Ball's greatest weakness as a point guard? Half-court creation. Okay. So, can he fix that? 100%. And does he provide Do I, a lot of other things outside Absolutely. Of that? I love everything Lonzo Ball brings. I like him as a player. I do like him as a player on this roster, but not as my starting point guard because... I would want him to do, I would want him to split ball handling duties with Julius Randle as the point guard. And that's something that he's not going to be able to do at the half court. It's something he can do on the fast break, which I would love, but I would love it if Kevin Knox was on the fast break next to, next to Julius Randle pushing the pace and doing the same thing. Like, so why would I have him come sign him as the starting point guard? When I can just get a wing to do all of the things that I want him to do. Oh no! So Lonzo Ball has Lonzo's good. Lonzo's yeah. good. I would I would want to sign him, but I think this Knicks team is looking for a point guard who, in the half court, is going to get to the rim and create for others. And that's not something that you're going to ask Lonzo Ball to do in this season. Now, if you sign him and say we're going to work on it, and then by the time year three and four comes in, then will he'll be, he'll have evolved that part of his game. I see the vision. 
I don't, I don't think that this team is going to sign Lonzo, overpay him, because you're going to have to overpay him to take him from New Orleans to be a guy that you work on, to be who you hope he's going to be. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see them doing that. I don't, I don't see Leon Rose doing that. I don't see any of the higher-ups doing that. I'd love to see him here. I'd love to see them try. I just don't think it makes sense. It seemed like he wants to be here, too. Yeah. We want him here, but the fit is just not, it's not great. It's, it's not, it's, 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 it's not great. I feel like we it's should, not bad. We should, it's not, it's not great. We should offer him a one year, $25 million deal. Well, why would you do that? New Orleans isn't going to match that. Okay. And then what? And then after that, sign him for a more reasonable contract. <laughs> why would he do that? Because he's he's going to get an offer with mo- that's multiple years. So well, why would he sign a one year deal? Because he doesn't want to be in New Orleans and he wants to play in New York. So if you can offer him a one year deal, that's going to be more than what New Orleans can offer. You're basically getting the the payday that you want, and then you get the multi year deal that you want after that to be in the place that you actually want to play with a former teammate of yours and Julius Randle. Okay, I can see it. I still don't. I still don't like him as the starting point guard, though. And I, I and unless you get a small forward who can shot create and play make, mm-hmm. unless you're telling me that the Knicks are going to pick that up either, either through the draft or free agency, mm-hmm. maybe in that Kawhi, and maybe in that Kawhi. But even if you do that in that Kawhi, you don't have enough money to get Lonzo. So it, yeah. I, I don't. I just don't see it. There's no. There's not really a scenario that I see that the Knicks can do that makes a great deal of sense for this upcoming season or for the long term. That's why we got the guys up top. Leon Rose. <laughs> they gonna make all these tough decisions. So I don't know if this is gonna come out clear, but we have the unrestricted free agent class of 2021 at the top you see Mike Conley, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Otto Porter Jr., Victor Oladipo, Tim Hardaway. We you see this list long list of unrestricted guys that the Knicks can choose from in free agency. Mm-hmm. That nobody they don't have to worry about somebody matching, they just have to worry about are you going to accept what we offer you or not. Right. Spencer Dinwiddie D. Rose is on this list, even though we do have his early bird rights. And Man, some of these other guys, back. they Trevor Ariza, J.J. Redick, Danny, Danny Green, they all have early bird rights and all that stuff. So the team, if they want to go back to their teams, they can. But we have more. Yeah. Yeah, these are all unrestricted free agents. This is the pool of players that the Knicks can choose from. Anybody on on this second and third page that you? I know you have to squint a little bit, French. Yeah, I'm blind. Blind is a bad. I think I said all the guys that I liked. This is the same place that the same website that I used. Robin Lopez, Doug McDermott, Ish Smith, Frank Kaminsky. You got you you know you got n- not total bums here that you can choose from. Carmelo Winston Anthony Galloway. is unrestricted. Carmelo Anthony is unrestricted. Jared Dudley, Alex Caruso. You got you got a lot of guys that you could choose from. Chris Paul said he was really happy when Langston Galloway signed with the Suns because he heard that he was one of the like best teammates around in the NBA. 
I love I, I loved Lincoln Galloway. I thought mm-hmm. that they should have given him given him more burn. Hey, he's a free agent. He can come back. Yeah. He's not coming back. Why not? He's not playing a second for the Suns right now. So I I didn't realize how much campaign was getting paid. And he is on my last page. There's a few other guys, but no, there's nobody below this, below TJ Leaf that I think is going to get max bucks on another team. Mm-hmm. But campaign is on this last page. He's staying wherever Chris Paul is. Only, he's only making one mil. He is definitely overplayed, outplayed his contract. Yeah. Do you, you don't think he's going to try and go for the bag this season? I think he's going to stick with Chris Paul as long as Chris Paul's in the NBA. Cause you don't think he's going to try and be a starting point guard somewhere? He got time for that. He He's proved himself already. So now he knows as long as I can continue to learn from Chris Paul and pick up all the wisdom that he's offering, that can do nothing but help me in the future. I if I was campaign, I'm re-signing with Phoenix for a little bit more money. Playing the same role that we playing, running up all the championships that they can run up in Phoenix with this young core. If you don't think campaign is going to try to fleece some team out of a 25, I don't know how much he can make, but if you don't think he's going to try and fleece a team after this, after this playoffs, I don't see the team because say he does re up with, with Phoenix for how much you think he's going to re up for. I don't even know how much cap space they have, so I can't even throw a number out there. I'd say probably maybe 10 year, ten mil. I don't even think it matters because, let me just look for his name. They have his rights. If he gets so, 10 mil more than what he got this year, I'm pretty sure he'll resign for that. So 11 mil a year. Right? He signs for 11 mil for, what, two, three years? Two, three years. 33 mil, three-year contract. So, 33. You think that he's going to turn down, let's say a team offers him 25, 20 to 25 mil for four years. Who's offering him that, though? You got to think about the teams that need point guards. It's not many. And teams that need point guards that have cap space. Mm-hmm. It's the Knicks. Not many of the, the only other teams that have cap space are the Spurs, mm-hmm. Hornets. I think I don't even they, know, but there's not many teams that need point guards that have cap space who are going to pay Cameron Payne the bag over all the other point guard options and free agency. So I can see him resigning. Kind of skip through my stuff, but and the draft has a lot of point guards too. Correct. I the value of being a playoff point guard who has learned from Chris Paul, who has won a championship ring. Because I think me and you both have already said we think that they're going to win the ring. Yep. I can see a team being stupid enough to do that. Not the Knicks, but I can see a team being being like he's being underutilized in Phoenix and we're going to unlock him and we're going to pay we're going to pay money to do it. Mm-hmm. And they clear up whatever cap space they need to clear up cuz yeah, teams are over the cap, but you can get under the cap very simply. 
I can see a team true. doing that. I can see a team doing that. Will they? You're probably right. They probably won't. But Cam has had some moments in this entire playoffs. And he's been a key figure on this Phoenix Suns team. Not more key than, you know, DeAndre Ayton, but he's important. Team to think, them. He, he's young. He's young. He's got game. The upside is there. Like, Phoenix is letting him walk. They need him. Uh, well, yeah. They need him. I'm just saying, it's a possibility. I don't think it's something that we should completely ignore. And, and I I'm, I just posted the first page of the restricted free agent class, which starts off with Lonzo Ball. You got Laurie marking in. Number three is Frank. This is like the whole top four ten. is Dedeth Smith Jr. <laughs> Isn't this like the same draft class? Except for... This is like the whole lottery for the draft class of 2000. Probably. What, what year was that? 2015, 16? I don't even know. But Thanasis is in there. And he's coming back to Milwaukee. <laughs> Josh Hart. I don't even, I, Yeah. But I, I only did this page. There's more restricted guys, but I think anybody that teams would overpay for is on this page. Gary Trent Jr., Devontae Graham, who was going back to his team. Not less than the entire class. I think cheaper free agents we're not going to look at, or they will be brought back to their original teams due to them outplaying their old contracts. Restricted free agents are tough because they're not worth. If they're not worth signing, you usually have to outspend the original team for their services. The only players I see worth overspending for are Lonzo, Devontae Graham, Gary Trent Jr., Duncan Robinson, who is not listed, can also possibly be had. But is he worth it? Is he worth it? Yes, Josh Hart. Is he worth it in lieu of some of the above scenarios? Are you going to overpay for Duncan Robinson instead of paying for some of the vet men guys? I'm not sure that you do. I agree with you there. When I was doing research for this, when I was doing research for this slideshow, I I also saw. I looked at uh, I looked at player options, which I didn't really get into. Obviously, Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard are on that player option list. Who did we talk about earlier? Who has a player option on the Knicks? No, somebody that you said you would sign if he if he declines his option. A guard. Will Barton. Anyway, Will Barton. Will Barton, I'm pretty sure, has a player option as well. Yeah. And there's other guys that have player options, but the the the, the two main ones, if you if they decline their option, you try to go after them, Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard. Right. I don't see my Mike Conley, I I said earlier, he's unrestricted. I don't think I think that he's going back to I I, I think he's going back. I don't think I don't think he's an option. If he's if he is an option, I hope that the Knicks, if they can't get Kyle Lowry and Chris Paul, I hope we get Conley. Conley can and be got. And then I looked at, I don't know if he can be got. Why not? I think he can. <laughs> D Wade, because, the half owner of the Utah Jazz, is seriously scared that Donovan Mitchell is going to force his way out of Utah. It's a real report. He could be scared all he wants, but the way that you ease your fears is to. 
bring the good players back and then try to bring more good players. I don't think. If Mitchell got Mike Conley feeling like, yo, if I sign here and he leaves, I'm not trying to be in Utah. I I, I can see Mike Conley being like, yo, I'd rather just go in New York because that's where Donovan Mitchell really want to play at. Mike Conley wants to go back to Utah. He's already made that clear. He, uh, he will. Okay. Yeah, what, will he? I mean, yeah, that is still kind of up in the air. It's not a done. It's not a done deal. But Conley does want to go back, and I think Utah wants him back. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, I want Conley. I want to be able to say Conley can be got, but I ultimately I don't. I think that he's just going to go back. I think he's comfortable there. He's spoken so many good things about Utah. He doesn't sound like somebody who wants to leave or is going to test the waters. I think he's comfortable. I think he knows that this is a, a team that's going to make a run for it over the next four or five years. He's probably going to retire there. I looked at team options. Goran Dragic, I think, is the only guy that I I think is maybe they let him go, but... I don't think so. I think he goes back. I think he's Miami. And, uh, yeah, that's that's it. That's all I got. Arguments here. All right. You like that? You like my little prep work there, French? I really appreciate your time that went into that <laughs> slideshow. It was a really, <laughs> really informative slideshow. It's, li- it's nice to look at what a roster could potentially look like. Yep. I mean, I'm not I'm not the most creative guy, but. I tried. Knicks take videos, y'all. All All right. So I don't know if you had anything that you wanted to say in regards to free agency. No, that that was we just went deep into free agency. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm 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 free agencyed out. Very good. We got any other news we could talk about? I don't think so. Nah, we we went through everything. Next week. Next episode of the Knicks Take Podcast, episode 17, we're going to do first part of two of a two-part draft. We're going to do two podcasts a draft. French is going to be up first. We're going to go into our five, our five prospects. We're going to do five draft prospects that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. French is going to go first. First one, we're going to do somebody that we would trade up for. We're going to pick one guy that we would trade up for. You can. We're gonna we're gonna cap ourselves to the ten to fifteen range. Okay. Ten to eighteen. Ten to eighteen range. If you whoever you think can be had in that range, that's gonna be our move up pick. Okay. Then we're gonna pick who would we who we would pick at nineteen, twenty one, thirty two, nineteen twenty one thirty two. Should we do five or do should we do four French? I, I, I don't think four. I don't think we should do. The, the, I don't, think I don't we see the, do. I don't see the second round picks being utilized. I see them being traded. I think that they I think they are going to be guys, and I think this is going to be a draft where you could pick a guy in fifties and he becomes a rotation player. I think this is that draft, but this I season? don't want to do that much research. <laughs> I don't want to do that much research to the bottom rung of guys yeah. that I. I will be 100% wrong about. Right. So, yeah, let's keep it to let's keep it to 4. Somebody that we move up for 19, 21, 32 cuz there's still going to be very good guys at 32. And, and 
Next, the following week, we're going to run it back with my picks for the top four guys. That one that I would trade up for 19, 21, 32. I got my, and follow. then after that, I, I know you, I bet you do. <laughs> and the week after that, that will be, won't that be the draft? That will be the draft. Uh, the draft is on the 30th, right? Yeah. Now, now I have to look it up. Uh, yeah, the draft I'm just say is on yeah, the thirtieth. But so we're gonna yeah, it's and on the 30th. I and I definitely I definitely have the timeline that I can just pull up and tell you like yeah that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're gonna talk about the draft. We're gonna recap the draft right after that, and then it's gonna be free agency right after. So we're gonna have a lot of stuff going on. We're gonna have a lot of stuff that we're gonna be able to talk about leading into. The opening of the 2021-2022 season. Season two of the Knicks with Take free podcast. Agency. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to make season two right after the draft episode. I think we're going to free I think agency. We're going to do it after free agency. We haven't decided when yet. But this is still season one. We're going to look forward to season two. We're going to promote the hell out of it. No doubt. And we're going to have a lot more content on YouTube for season two. That's what That's we're gearing up for now. Yeah, yeah. All right, French, you got anything you want to plug? Nah, I'm plugging out, signing out. <laughs> How long we been recording for? It's only been an hour and 40 minutes. That's not bad. It's not that, it's not that bad. Compared to done three worse. hours, two, three-hour podcasts that we had to edit down crazy. I don't know if we made it all the way to three hours. It probably, from start to finish, it was three hours, but we didn't record that much. But yeah, yeah, yeah this was a good one. This was fun, man. I'm looking right. forward to that. To the draft episodes. I'm looking forward to that too. This is the first first fun episode out of the, out of the three that I've been looking forward to. Yep. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate, appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Stay tuned for the next episodes. Peace out. Peace. That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at the Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.